Welcome to another episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast. The song we'll be tackling in this episode is Girls and Boys, the fifth track from the Prince and the Revolution album Parade. Joining me, a boy, to talk about this episode, the girl, Christy Norman. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me back. This is a fun song. I look forward to chatting with you about it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We uh, last collaborated on Let's Go Crazy another fun song. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess that seems to be our thing, collaborating <laughs> on fun songs. Uh, I might have to get you on a really dour, disappointing, depressing song here at some point. <laughs> oh, well, I'll find the joy in that one too. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Prince fans have to be uh, open to all sorts of different emotions and, and uh, directions of his music and, and songwriting. So for um, sure. Yeah. So go- girls and boys is, is the song we're doing today. And it is the first song that kicks off the album after that four-song suite that begins, you know, the album proper. You've got those four songs that kick off the album, and then after Under the Cherry Moon, it ends. And then we're treated to this really upbeat, funky, danceable song. Yeah. It was never released as a single in the United States, which I think is a shame, because I believe it could have done decent on the charts. I don't know if it would have been a number one smash like Kiss, but... I think it certainly could have uh, made some made some um, noise and made a dent on the pop charts at least. Oh, absolutely! It was released in the UK as a single, where it did go all the way up to number eleven, just shy of the top ten. So, if that proves anything, um, that it could be a successful pop single. I think the UK's uh, charts kind of proved that to us. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it did end up being on the B side to another lover hole in your head, which was a single here in the United States. And we did get a music video, although I don't believe, because it wasn't a single in the U.S., it was probably played too often on like MTV, if, if at all. I don't have any personal recollections of seeing it, but I don't know. I can't honestly say for sure if it got play on MTV or any of the other uh, video stations at the time, just because mm-hmm. it wasn't a single in the United States. They had a video. I mean, they brought the revolution to, to France to record and film this music video, and uh, I, I, it's a really kind of fun, cool video that tries to intersperse new footage of the revolution, dancing and singing, and just basically being silly with yeah. you know, with the film and and the song, the song's position in the film, you know, after the the Recasto scene and mm-hmm. you know, Prince's or Christopher Tracy's trying to liven up the stuffy stuffy club, which seems to be his mo throughout the entire film. <laughs> Right. Um, so do it's you? It's so um, charming. It's such yeah, a charming song. It is. It is. Do you have any recollections of the song, or when did you become aware of it, or the music video? Was it after the fact, like when it oh, arrived on yeah. YouTube? For sure. Oh no, it wasn't YouTube. It was uh, in the '90s after I met my husband Josh. Uh, probably the first time I saw. Well, I, I'm sure I'd heard the Parade album before I saw Under the Cherry Moon. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and I think, I don't remember exactly when I saw the video for the first time, but I know we had a, dating myself, I know we had a VHS that had it on there. 
So I remember yeah. watching the video that way. Okay. But yeah, no, I had never seen the video until it arrived on YouTube. I have to say. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I didn't have any VHS copies of Prince music, which it's a shame. I wish I would have, but yeah. I didn't, <laughs> you know, he was releasing quite a few of those extended, I don't know, extended music video things. Like I, I think there was one with forget off and there mm-hmm. might have been others. I'm sure there was others. And Yeah. Um, oh, I watched the get off video a fair few times. Right. There was all those other additional songs. I think I missed out not not getting those VHSs, <laughs> but whatever. They're, they're yeah, all they're available, all available now. now, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter at this point. Um, this one's kind of cool from a, once again, just from a video standpoint, because you've got, so the revolution is just ballooned at this point, you know, in 1986. It's not yeah. just the original core members that were, everybody became aware of and grew to know through the Purple Rain movie and the Purple Rain album. But now we've got like Eric Leeds and Atlanta Bliss and we've got uh, Miko Weaver and we've got Wally and Brooks and Jerome and Susanna. And it's like, it's a really enormous uh, group. And I don't know if they were, they're all officially members of the revolution, but when you're all on stage together with Prince and performing every night on tour, you're you're kind of part of the band, right? And you're in music videos. you're, You're really part of the band at this point. But I like seeing everybody kind of dressed up and looking completely different than they did during Purple Rain. Right. Um, yeah. Very different sophisticated style. in a fun way. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. matches, of course, the, the look of the film and right. this character in the film. So it wouldn't have made sense to have them just wear normal, casual clothes. Uh, that was the style of 1986. They had to look the part to yeah. take place in this this French um, filmed movie scene, which is, you know, like I said, the video is trying to kind of incorporate the film into it, you know, into its little mini plot. So mm-hmm. cool song, cool song for sure. Really upbeat and funky. Like I mentioned, it's got that uh, memorable kind of odd, like what had I've seen described as like a duck sound. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know exactly what it is. I don't, is it the, maybe it's the, bass alto saxophone bass saxophone there's a different kind of saxophone that's yeah. used in this song that's a little unusual yeah that's, i wonder uh, if eric, it eric leeds is on here for the i think the first officially recorded song uh-huh i've seen that read and i look back and I'm like yeah that makes sense he was on the family but he didn't do anything on around the world in a day so this would be the first opportunity that he's had mm-hmm. to kind of introduce himself to you know prince Prince community, Prince fans. Mm-hmm. It is one of the aspects of the song musically that I think that people can really kind of listen to like, oh, that's girls and boys. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It's very recognizable. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Another thing I wanted to note before we get into the lyrics is that Prince really must have enjoyed performing the song live. Yeah. He did a ton. Yes, He did a ton. He was doing it. Um, through the One Night Alone tours. I think the after show collection that we got shows that he pulled that out for some of his after shows. It's on the Indigo Night CD from uh, 2007, 8, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, recently we received copies of the Utrecht show from the Sign of the Times tour, and it's on there. But that was only like a year later, so that's really not that surprising that he was playing parade songs on, on the Sign of the Times tour. 
But also right. he had a performance of the song in 2016 on his piano and the microphone. So mm-hmm. among many, many others. That's right. Well, and I read the first time he performed it was at First Avenue in 1985. So even Ooh. before everything, before yeah. it w- ended up on an album, before they uh, filmed the movie, you know, yeah. he, he was already thinking about the song and working on the song, and which I thought was really neat. Yeah, that's pretty rare because, you it's, know, he obviously was writing the song and recording the song, getting it ready for release in 85. But it's not that common, I don't think, for artists to perform unreleased music from, from a project that is not even, I don't know, it's where you're a year or so away from it being released. Mm-hmm. When you're on tour to support something else, you know. It's right. A, it's, were to support this music and so you know typically they kind of shy away from performing music that isn't even out yet mm-hmm. uh, so it's kind of kind of unique i think maybe he must have liked this song enough that he wanted to and he liked the jam session or you know the jam feel of it the big group mm-hmm. feel of it with all the background singing and the trumpets and sax and uh so it really kind of worked well as a band song as opposed mm-hmm. to just the song that Prince did by himself. Uh, so I could see why he would have liked or enjoyed playing it live as soon as he possibly could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kristen Scott Thomas was on a UK radio show that's been on for a really, really long time called Desert Island Discs, oh. uh, where uh, like celebrities will go on and they'll choose uh, their favorite songs that they would ha- want to have with them on a desert island and a book and a luxury item. And she put girls and boys on her list. Oh, that's nice. Which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Kristen Scott Thomas, the co-star mm-hmm. of under the cherry moon. Yeah. So obviously even that many years later, she must've at least looked fondly on her time working on this project or at least the music. For sure. Yeah, Not, she's she's been really vocal about uh, how much she appreciated being able to get this break, and uh, what ha, she had a lot of affection for Prince, so it was great. Good. Yeah, yeah, because you know at the time it was it was not critically acclaimed, <sighs> which is a so, shame. But yes, yeah, but it, you can imagine as a as a kind of ingenue new actress, mm-hmm. first big role to star in something that's you know getting nominated for. Razzies and uh, <laughs> you know, kind of derided for its you know silliness and kind of uh, people were calling it you know the direction directions was inept or the script was inept, and so nobody really kind of was shitting on her acting. <laughs> you know, there wasn't right. a lot of that going on. So at least she could have hung her head on that. But that could have and, and probably has kind of deterred actresses and actors probably if they've been in a a movie that has gotten so much negative attention to shy away from it and not want to talk about it or not, uh, you know, consider it part of their, you know, filmography and really, Mm -hmm. and really just try to distance themselves from it. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that even if it was years later, she has embraced her role in this movie and in this era and and her time with Prince. That's really Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. I thought so. Well, thanks for bringing that up. And we do have quite a bit of lyrics to get through, so I don't want to waste a lot of time. Did you have anything else you wanted to bring up before we jump right into it? No, let's get into these lyrics. Okay, let's do it. You only knew it for a 
the bat he says girls and boys just to kick off the song and then we get a little bit of music before singing the, the first verse proper and that first verse goes he only knew her for a little while but he had grown accustomed to her style she had the cutest ass he ever seen but he did too they were meant to be they loved to kiss on the steps of her side it looked like rain mama birds do fly okay so that is the first verse and I guess what I get right off the bat is that this is, you know, another story song. Uh, mm-hmm. He does story songs so well, and I appreciate them a lot because they they paint you know vivid pictures in my mind about what's what he's trying to express and explain here. It's it's pretty straightforward, I think. These very mm-hmm. straightforward, and they because it is featured in a film. I, my mind, and I imagine quite a few others' minds, go immediately to the romance, the plot romance between Christopher Tracy and and Mary and Under the Cherry Moon. And you almost think like the song is about them, those characters. Right. And so it's it's really easy to do that when he's talking about, you know, the steps of Versailles. Uh, I mean, that's that's right there, the Palace of Versailles in France. So. Right. French references right off the bat. It's it's an it's like inevitable for for those of us listening to the song, familiar with the movie, to to start thinking of those characters in the place of this. Like it feels like Christopher is singing it, not Prince in some way. Right. Um. So what else about verse one did you like, or what do you what do you think about this first verse as it's kind of an opening? Oh, I, it's just, it's so charming there. You know, it's love at first sight, or is it lust at first sight? I, it doesn't really matter. They bond over their adorable derriers, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, it does, it paints such a pretty romantic picture in really not a lot of words. Mm-hmm. You know, kissing on the steps of Versailles, you know exactly what that looks like. Even if, if you've only seen pictures, you know it's this big, luxurious garden. You know that it's opulent. They're beautiful. I, it's just, it paints yeah. a picture really well. It does, and it's very romantic, like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoy like the humor um, yeah. aspect of this, like the whole... She had the cutest ass he'd ever seen, but he did too. They were meant to be. Uh-huh. This is <laughs> I, I just recently read um, Brown Mark's biog- autobiography about his time working with Prince and how he came up, and then you know his time as a part as a member of the Revolution. And this reminded me of a story he told in the book about how after fans had gotten over the shock of him replacing Andre Simone because there was some comments that he made on there that there was a lot of uh, some some fans who were a little disappointed in losing that. Uh, Andre was known as a sex symbol. He, he you know, yeah. he had a, uh, a strong appearance on stage being a front man right alongside Prince and, and Dez. And so now we've got Mark. And Mark's an attractive man. 
but uh-huh. you know, you're when you're looking for Andre, if, if I'm a, a person who's really attracted to Andre and I'm looking for him and all of a sudden I see somebody else, I don't really care, you know, who you are. I'm looking for Andre. And so he, right. he had a lot of disappointment and feeling a little um, insecure about himself due to some of those in early fan interactions after he replaced Andre. But after a while, you know, people had gotten to know him and then were accustomed to seeing him on stage and started appreciating him and his talents. And so he, you know, started to get his own fan base. And uh, and he mentioned at some point, you know, Prince was sometimes kind of petty when it came to things like that. So yeah. if anybody was paying too much attention to one of his band members, he said in his book, um, you know, fans are screaming for Mark. And Prince said something along the lines, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the exact quote, but, oh, yeah, you, like, you guys like Mark? He's cute, huh? But does he have an ass like mine? (laughs) 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 So this just kind of, uh, it reminds me of that. Because this would have been around the same time that this was happening. uh, Probably Mm -hmm. the parade tour. It's either the Purple Rain tour or the parade tour. Uh, So Prince has always been a little bit of a a fan of his own derriere, so to speak. (laughs) um, And I'm also reminded of the the scene in, in Under the Cherry Moon where Prince is laying on his stomach and uh, he's talking on the phone or whatever, and of course the the camera just slowly pans over his body and uh-huh. lingers, on, lingers on his butt for a while <laughs> before <laughs> moving on. But yeah, th- this does just it's romantic and, and humorous, and that really sets the tone for the song, mm-hmm. which continues to be throughout. I love you, baby. I love you so much. Maybe we can stay in touch. Meet me in another world, space and joy. So then after that first verse, we, we get the chorus. And I'm going to try my best not to butcher the line that's spoken in French. I've been practicing it. Um, but it's still, I'm sure as any native French speakers are going to be like, ah, okay, nice try. <laughs> oh, they forgave Prince. They'll forgive you. Yeah. I promise. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll go for it. All right. So the chorus is, I love you, baby. I love you so much. Maybe we can stay in touch. Meet me in another world, space and joy. Vuestre belle mama, girls and boys. And so that, you know, that's the chorus. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Vuestre belle mama. Vuestre belle translates, I guess, to you are very beautiful. Yes. So anybody, native French speaker can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's how I see it interpreted or how I see it translated on the internet. So I'm going to go with that because I have no other way of verifying. My <laughs> high school French concurs. Oh, awesome. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I had a little, a little bit of high school French and it's been quite some time, but that line, I didn't actually need anybody to translate for me because you are very beautiful is what it says. Nice, nice. Okay, so yeah, this is just, the chorus is just kind of, uh, you know, Prince. And actually, the girls, the women in the group, because it's sung conjuncturally with, with Prince and Wendy uh-huh. and, Lisa and probably Suzanne. I think she gets credit on the song as well. So it's a really, it's a, it's a male and female vocal dynamic going on in the chorus. And there's a lot of, you know, women vocals in this song, which makes sense. I mean, it's called Girls and Boys. So to have right. a male voice doesn't make a lot of sense when you're when it's kind of supposed to be a song about 
men and women and their attraction to each other and, and right. maybe a more specific attraction as we're talking about uh, the characters in the song, maybe the parallels with Under the Cherry Moon film. But uh, yeah, I mean, maybe we can stay in touch, meet me in another world, space and joy. It, the, the, the lyrics here, I don't know if there's really anything more to it than just kind of sounds good. Um, mm-hmm. Space and joy. I mean, it's, they don't seem, those two words don't seem to go together necessarily, but huh. whatever. Meet me in another world, another space. And then meet me, you know, with happiness and joy. So, I don't know. Well, maybe something outside of your normal life that might be trying and difficult sometimes. If you meet somebody in another world, maybe it's not an actual world or an actually outer space. It's your, maybe it's like somebody you meet on vacation kind of thing. They're outside of your normal life let's step outside of our normal life and meet there. Yeah. I think that's yeah. probably what is referring to with you mean another world in space. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. We're talking, especially when, once again, if you go back to the Christopher Tracy um, character, you know, he, he's not from the same world as Mary. You know, he's, he doesn't, he exists in the physical space, but he doesn't exist in the, the world that she lives in necessarily right and it's just coincidence or just happenstance that they meet because normally they wouldn't have their different social classes and christopher tracy is just you know a, a scoundrel and a scamp and a uh-huh. uh, as a lover of fun as as uh, one of my co-hosts called him <laughs> in a previous <laughs> episode so i like that i like using that lover of fun and uh and you know and then mary's got her life and a fiance which will we'll talk about here in, in the very next verse, but yeah, I think uh-huh. adding the, the French line just again, just paints that picture that this is taking place in another world, at least for those of us living in the United States watching right. under the cherry moon, you, you just, you can't help but think of the film having taken place in, in France as well. And then throwing French lines in the chorus that get repeated over and over. Right. I think it's interesting too, that the chorus goes from, uh, like a third person omniscient in the verse to first person in the chorus. Not he loves her. He loves her so much. It's I love you. I love you so much. Yeah. Whereas they're, they're really talking about, they're telling you a story in the verses, but they bring it personal in the chorus, which I think is really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. point. Cause I, I missed that, that he does switch back and forth with the pronouns. So, interesting. Okay. Um, All right, so then moving on to the second verse. He gave her all the love that anyone can. She was promised to another man. He tried so hard not to go insane. Birds to fly, looks like parade. I love you, baby. I love you so much. Maybe we can stay in touch. Meet me in another world, space and joy. Who's that's my bad mama? Second verse is he gave her all the love that anyone can, but she was promised to another man. He tried so hard not to go insane. Birds do fly, it looks like rain. Yeah. So the promise to another man, 
uh, is a seeming ref- seemingly a reference to the fact that in the movie, whether or not this was recorded, and that's what the whole timeline thing really gets me. Because did he write this song with the script already kind of developed and in mind, or did he, or was the script written after some of these songs were written? I don't know. I honestly don't know. No, I don't either. I think it's a chicken and the egg situation. Some were written to fit it. Some parts of the script were written to fit a song he already had that he thought fit in some way. So, yeah, I mean, from a plot standpoint, it does add drama when the woman that he falls for happens to, you know, have a fiance. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it just adds that, that difficulty. It, It adds, um, layers to the film that you know troubles and, and plot devices that people have to get over and through difficulties and uh that's kind of what this is here so they can't just run away together and be together as easily as maybe other couples can because they have all of these challenges that they have to face first right up to another man he tried so hard not to go insane yeah because he can't have her is as freely as he would like, maybe. Right. It's more complicated. Yeah. Which makes for a more interesting movie. It does for sure. I mean, that's again, it would be maybe a little, a little more dull if if some of these plot devices had not been inserted (laughs) into it. It's like a Rome, almost like a Romeo and Juliet style thing with, with from a, from the standpoint of coming from two different worlds and whatnot. It's not exactly because they're not two fighting families, but, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be some sort of. There's got to be some sort of drama. Hmm. And I do want to get to the birds do fly. Looks like rain later because that changes. He brings that up again multiple times, but it's never worded exactly the same way twice, which is mm-hmm. cool. And so yeah, it's really like, cool. Those lines just almost tell the story as well, or you know, they they enhance it, I guess. Hmm. So then it goes into the course again, which is the same. I love you, baby. I love you so much. Maybe we can stay in touch. Meet me in another world. Space and joy. Waste your bell, mama. Girls and boys. And at this point, there is a musical break. And um, there is another verse that comes after that. Life is precious, baby. Love is so real. I can take to break up if you say that you can. And verse three goes, life is precious, baby. Love is so rare. I could take the breakup if you say that you care. You had to run away. His pride was too strong. It started raining, baby. The birds were gone. It's interesting that we take the shift in perspective that we'd seen between verses and chorus now into this middle of this verse. Mm -hmm. Life is precious, baby. Love is so rare. I can take the breakup if you say that you care. He had to run away. I'm like, that's so such an interesting way to put it. Like, it's like he's quoting the character, but not exactly. Exactly. I don't know. It's just such an interesting way to word it. It makes so much sense when you're just listening to the song. 
you don't question it. But when you sit down to really examine the lyrics, you're like, wait a minute, that's interesting. That's an unusual way to write this kind of song. Yeah, I think what I like about this is how the ending kind of ties it all together. So how it's changed, and I alluded to that just a minute ago. It look, So in the first verse, the, the verse ends, it looked like rain, mama, birds do fly. Mm-hmm. Then he switched that. It just says birds do fly. It looks like rain, which is basically seemingly saying the same thing, kind of foreshadowing trouble looming. Mm-hmm. Like in spite of all of this, this joy, and I mean, this isn't a dark song, so I don't want to take it into a dark place, but those lines do kind of imply that there's some, something coming, some rumbling of disaster or, or maybe the, the love that they're sharing and the, the, the romance that they're experiencing with each other. There's like this dark cloud coming <laughs> and it's, well, and and it's they, they see it. They see it. Yeah. It's it fleeting like, like the birds. Yeah. Yeah. Birds do fly. You know, they don't stay in one place. They keep going, no, they but you appreciate them while they're there. Yep. Yeah. And then finally ending it with, it started raining, baby, the birds were gone. So, yeah. so now that dark cloud that was, headed their way as now sitting over their head and it's drenching them with, with rain and the birds have taken off. Cause they're like, yep, I got to find some shelter. <laughs> I'm out of yep. here. And I, I just liked how it's kind of foreshadowing, even though those first two verses are for the most part, you know, very upbeat or uplifting. Yeah. It mentions the promise to another man, try not to go insane in the second verse. Mm-hmm. So it's like each verse gets a little bit more like, I wouldn't say depressing or dark, but just mentioning and referring to the the troubles that maybe this young couple is experiencing. Right. So he, had to, he had to run away. His pride was too strong. Um, and I think with the line, I could take the breakup if you say that you care. It's almost like he's saying, yes, I understand that you are promised to another man. You're, you're engaged. Uh, and I understand that that is not in my control. I met you as a, as a woman engaged. So I, I knew what I was getting into. I could, I could deal with this. I could deal with you staying with your fiance. If you just let me know that you love me mm-hmm. and you're not breaking up with me because you don't love me anymore. Right. Which I don't know. I mean, I, in some ways, somebody, some people would say that, that would make it harder to break up with somebody knowing that they still love you versus them just saying, I don't love you anymore. Right. Um, huh, but, well. Yeah, yeah, but he's saying that I could take the breakup if you say that you care. Right. So he's taking he's taking the other approach. Yeah, which is interesting. Also difficult, but also kind of leaves it open to. Well, if you still care for me, if something happens with your betrothed, perhaps you know there's still a chance for us. Mm-hmm. It's more like an. Uh, a positive look optimistic look yep there's a glimmer of hope there and yeah so yeah he could be he could be thinking of that as you know as the character of the song thinking of i'd rather know that you still care Mm -hmm. so that way there's still a chance like yeah like like you're saying there's a chance (laughs) (laughs) nothing's impossible you know and birds do return yeah so they fly away but sometimes they come back too they do. They definitely do. But though that uh, that rain cloud has to kind of dissipate and go away first, and then when the sun comes back out, they may That's return. right. Exactly. 
Okay, so then after that, we go into the course again, which is the same. I'm not going to mm-hmm. repeat it. And he sings it again. And there, I mean, there's several times in the song where there's some multi-word, multiple lyrics going on. There's the song part and there's like a spoken word part next to it or alongside mm-hmm. of it. And so the next one does something similar where it's, I love you so much. And then you hear in the background, I want you, baby. Maybe we can stay in touch. Maybe we can let you, baby. And that's a very minor piece of it. But it, it, even further, as the song ends, there's more of that. There's like this rapping part that Prince does. I want to yeah. get too far ahead of myself because we've got a completely spoken word French section to get through. So one thing I'm not going to do. So, Christy, feel free to do it if you think that your French is strong enough that you can go through these lines and, and no. flawlessly repeat them. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. I wanted to throw it out it's there. Been, Once you said dude, I appreciate class. the offer, but it's been way too many years since I took high school French, and I wasn't that good even then. So, <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I am not going to read them as they're spoken in French. I'm just going to recite them in English. Okay. So, vous êtes de l'autre côté de la salle, vous dansiez si fort, je sentais votre parfum. Votre sourire me dit que nous devrions nous parler sur la piste de danse, baby. Fais cet appel pour moi, baby. Sexe beaucoup, ne résistez pas. Vous savez que vous aimerez ça, baby. Oh, je vous en assure avec mes chants, baby. Pendant des heures, je veux vous étonner, baby. Fleurs dans votre bain, amour dans vos draps. You were on the other end of the room. You danced so hard, I smelled your perfume. Your smile tells me we should talk to each other. On the dance floor, baby. Make this call for me. Oh, yes, baby. Sex and rest and do not resist. You know you'll like it, baby. Oh, wow. I will embrace you with my legs, baby. Four hours. I want to surprise you, baby. Flowers in your bath. Love in your sheets. Make love. Make love. Where shall we meet? All right. So, yeah, this is all just kind of like random musings from um, a woman that is very strongly attracted to somebody. <laughs> and they just yeah. want to throw out some, some, I don't know, the pickup lines and, and whatnot, maybe little lines that they would tell their lover in, on the phone or, you know, old school write a note, <laughs> I guess, or something. <laughs> Whisper in their ear as they're dancing. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, I, I have a feeling a lot of it was just kind of, I need some, I want something spoken in French. Here's some stuff translated for me, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is kind of what I want that. you to say. Say it in French. Yes, say it in French, because if it's not in French, then forget it, because it's all about the language. It's all about, you know, the the impression that it gives of this taking place in France and then adding that to the uh, aesthetic of the song already. Uh, mm-hmm. with mentions of Versailles and then, of course, the, the line in the chorus. Um, so I'm not going to go through all of those lines because they are what they are. They're just kind of silly lines uh, meant, yeah. for effect, meant for effect more than anything else, I think. Uh, I they agree. Were spoken. Yeah, okay, good. Because <laughs> if there, there is something here that's kind of interesting, let me know if you want to talk about it. But otherwise, I'm just going to mention that uh, the woman who recites these lines I had to look her up a little bit, and I don't know if you did as well, to figure out who that was and what her relationship to Prince was. No, I didn't. Just that her name was Marie France. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, right? no, that's that. 
if that was her uh like a moniker she was endowed with that you know the woman speaking french would just be france yeah and what what other what better name than marie to uh represent a french woman marie yeah. france Mm-hmm. So I guess I don't know a lot about her, but I did find out that she was a costume designer that worked with four slash four prints there during the, the mid eighties. So um, she's, she's French, but she was living in the United States, I think uh, mm-hmm. the LA area. And so as the story goes, Prince was recording this song in Los Angeles and you know, he knew his costume designer was French, native French speaker. So he's like, hey, I need a favor. Can you come in and recite these lines for me? So she did. And that's that's really all there is to it. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she, she got some money out of it and a little bit of fame. I don't know how much longer she was Prince's costume designer, but I don't think too much longer after this. It's like, you know, switch it up. You know, Right. And, get different different styles he, she might have stuck around for the sign of the times tour but um but not much longer after that i don't imagine but anyway yeah she's immortally uh remembered as the the woman singing or speaking the french lines in girls and boys super cool yeah so congratulations marie france <laughs> um okay so I, the only other thing i wanted to mention about this kind of spoken word bridge is that it kind of uh, implies that this is now the woman half of the equation. So we've right. been hearing from the man the whole time up to this point and how his aspect of the relationship and his perspectives now, whether it's meant to be, or if it's just kind of like I said, just some fun little interlude, it does, because it is sung and spoken by a woman, you can easily kind of take your mind to thinking that this is now her perspective, even though right. her perspective is a little, uh, a little um, fragmented with just some random sayings. It doesn't <laughs> make this call for me, sex and rest and do not resist. You know I mean? The, yeah, it's more in your just bath, like, love in your sheets. Yeah. It's more just like uh, her daydream fantasy when she sees him on the dance floor, this is what she's thinking about. I think, but yeah. I really think it's just to have some French in there. Right. It could be just uh, us thinking that, you know, it's the thoughts going on in her head when she sees him for the first time, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. then, you know, just kind of random musings as I, as I already said. All right. So then we get another couple of repeatings of the chorus. And again, we get a little bit more of the, chorus being sung but also at the same time there being some spoken words behind it i want you baby i want you so much being mm-hmm. spoken alongside of the sung sections uh another world space lips face instead of girls and boys after the Stray bell mama you hear somebody say lips face okay it is what it is and but then we get some more prints kind of doing this uh, rap um, really early version of, of rap for a Prince song. Right. Uh, I don't know if it's literally the first I'm trying to think if he does any kind of rapping on any other song of his, that was Lisa that was released before 85, 86 when the song was recorded. Hmm. I can't, I can't think of anything. Put my either. finger on it. I can't think of anything, but 
No, because Dead on It came after this, and right. um, you know, your ass on that song as well. So yeah, maybe this is the very first Prince rap. Happiness in its uncut form is the feeling that I get in your warm. Happy what I get when we do what we do. Happiness, Mama, is being with you. Good Lord. Uh-huh. Meet me somewhere after dawn. And he kind of repeats Lord and, and does a, one of his screams. So, or whoops. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like top tier rapping or anything like that. Nobody's going <laughs> to. Nobody's going to nominate this for, uh, you know, bars, lyrics of the year. Yeah. Uh, award. But it's 1985. You recorded the song. Rap is already still very, very early in its infancy. It, it hasn't quite reached the mainstream. It's starting to. Right. The time. You know, Crush Grew was released in 1985 with Sheely. And so obviously with Holly Rock, mm-hmm. he wrote that song and gave it to Sheely. And that's, there's rapping in there. So this is this is a genre that he was flirting with already a little bit around this time, you know, and to add it to a song that has kind of some more um, more classical sound or an, on an album that has more classical sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of pushing boundaries. Yeah, it's it's really kind of trying to to collide the two worlds of classical and modern together, mm-hmm. which is a lot of what this album is really. If you think about it, this whole album has that kind of feel to it it's it's a modern take on uh, a more classical sound and what better way than to add a versioning genres uh, style into a song yeah uh, especially song. such a heavily melody driven song mm-hmm. yep. yeah it was a risk but it's fine okay. it, it was but it was a small one it was a very small one, yeah. It's towards the end of the song, and uh, yeah. who knows? I don't know if there was a radio edit of the song. Or I don't remember. Who knows? That could have been that even edited out at some radio stations that might have played it in different countries where it was released. Don't right. know for a fact, but it's, a, it's like a five-and-a-half-minute song, so it wouldn't surprise me if there was. Five-and-a-half minutes is long for, for pop radio stations. Radio. Yeah, especially yeah. in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they weren't really keen. I mean, if, if they had a... They had to edit out When Doves Cry, and uh, that never fails to irk me. So if they edited out, <laughs> if they edited When Doves Cry to some three-minute length, um, they could do that for anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so let me get to just some more of the kind of the general lyrics of I Love You, Baby, I Love You So Much, towards the end of the song, Maybe We Can Stay In Touch. Look on your lips, set it up. We can talk some more, some more on the dance floor, baby. Hear the words I'm saying, feel the sense I'm laying. Not as what I wanna be tonight, tonight. There's some other lines here. I'll just repeat them. So, like, I saw you from across the room, and uh, honey, you danced so hard, I smelled your perfume. And the look on your lips said that. Uh, we could talk some more, some more on the dance floor, baby. Hear the words I'm saying, feel the sex I'm laying. Naughty's what I want to be with you tonight. Tonight. 
Yeah, it's kind of, uh, it's almost a translation of the French spoken by Marie France. Mm-hmm. Not exact, but she says that, you know, you we were dancing so hard I could smell your perfume. That's a a direct that they saw each other from across the room. They were both dancing. They could smell one another. Those are pretty direct translations of one another's, but um, it, it gets a little looser as you go along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's Prince doing that basically while Wendy, Lisa and Susanna are singing the chorus uh-huh. uh, in the fourth Which like, is, background. Yeah. Beautifully layered and so interesting feels yeah. so live and warm and collaborative. It's great. Yeah. That's really what this song feels like for me as well. I, that's, that's a good description of it because mm-hmm. I think that with the whole band being like creating a video for the song, including the whole band, playing it live with the whole band, it's yeah. just a very collaborative sounding song. You got the, the, the trumpets and sax and you've got, the background singing you've got rapping you've got singing i mean the the rapping sections the the spoken word sections do get a little more sexually charged than the you know the verses and the chorus the right. verses and the chorus don't really go there but then once you get to um, marie france's verse and then prince like you said kind of um going along those like taking a parallel path to her lyrics and saying some similar things that she was saying, but in English and from the, from the man's perspective, it does, it does make it seem more like this is a really strong sexual attraction that they're experiencing. And that's where we kind of think of it. I think of the song as two, two people, a girl and a boy that are are very sexually attracted to each other. And Mm -hmm. this is the challenges that they face, but they also are, uh, can't help themselves basically, and they they have to they have to see it through, whatever that means, and however, yes. wherever it's going to take them. And for this song, it takes them to a fun and joyous and and really funky, danceable place, which is mm-hmm. great for us as listeners. All right, so Chris, sure. do you have anything else you wanted to say or talk about with this song? Anything that you like about it that we haven't already discussed? No, I mean, I just, I do like the song. It's so, it's so fun and joyful and the dark parts don't get too dark. Um, I really, Under the Cherry Moon is one of my favorite Prince movies. I know it got a lot of uh, flack from reviewers and it wasn't super well received, but I've always kind of loved it. Now, I didn't see it until the 90s, the mid 90s, but so I already had kind of an affinity for Prince and for the parade album. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it would have, it's an interesting thought process to wonder <laughs> if they had tied the movie to the album a little more, would the movie have done a little better? I don't know, yeah. maybe, but well, I guess we'll yeah, never know. Yeah, it's possible. It's, no, we'll never know, but it's possible, and I thought about that as well. I kind yeah. of feel like maybe it was a an opportunity, uh, maybe a missed opportunity, not just for this specific song, because as I mentioned, I think it should have been released as a single in the United States. I absolutely agree. But it has a very European sort of feel to it, so I can see how it did well in the UK, and it was well-received there. 
But mm-hmm. thinking about other songs that were out about this time in the 80s, you know, there was the German 99 Red Balloons. Yeah. And I remember Rock hearing... Rock Remember Rock yeah, I mean, Well, yeah. and I remember hearing the German version on the radio more than the English version. So there yeah. was a space for it. It's a shame that it didn't get that promotion because I think it would have yep. done well. Yep. Missed opportunity, I think, but oh well. It's it's 2021 now and I think <laughs> all right. that stuff. Well, it would have been nice in 1986 to see this song on MTV and to hear it on the radio. Uh, it, it no longer matters. We've got it and we enjoy yeah. it. We've got a video that we can watch anytime we want on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a glorious time to be a prince. Fan. It really <laughs> is. That's for sure. We're living in the golden age, I guess. <laughs> we from, from we are, you know. Media consumption standpoint. <laughs> we, we should remember that these are the good old days when it comes uh-huh. to being a Prince fan. Yes. Yes. And speaking of that, um, you have a Prince podcast. So I do. You, yeah. Why don't you tell the listeners about it? Quick. Sure. I have a show that I co-host with my super fan husband, Josh, who's been on the show a few times and um, it's called the mountains and the sea. We find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album every other week. And we're in the middle of covering Sign of the Times Super Deluxe right now. So that's been quite an endeavor, but super, super fun. And I love hearing Josh's thoughts. And every once in a while, I get a... I get an insight that he hasn't thought of yet, which is always fun because he's been a Prince fan for much longer than I have. Um, You can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast. So do join us there. We'd love to have you join us. And I also have a, a true crime adjacent podcast called Killer Fun. And that's at Killer Fun Pod on Twitter. And uh, we explore the intersection of crime and entertainment. So if you have a double interest of Prince and true crime, uh, I've got a podcast for you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing. And yeah, thank, thank you. you. For, thank you for joining me again, Christy. I've had both you and Josh on my show multiple times and always welcome and always uh, appreciate you guys' perspectives on things and bouncing ideas off of you. So I uh, want to thank you again and thank the listeners. Um, yes. Thank you for listening and uh, thanks for having us on. We, uh, I know Josh and I both enjoy taking uh, a little bit of time out of our day to chat with you. You're welcome. You don't have to edit this either. It's all on me. So <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yep. That's the, that's the bonus part for you. You can talk about it and then you can walk away. <laughs> that's right. It's all a right. real joy for me, for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, obviously you can relate as a podcaster yourself. So, um, okay. Well, thank you again. And um, hi, my name is Jason Brenninger. This has been the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast. And uh, you can get a hold of me and the podcast is on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Presser Wine Pod. And also check out uh, the blog Presser Wine Net, where I also post um, snippets of the songs and the episodes and just some musings about the music and the episodes. So I appreciate anybody checking the site out as well. And until next time, goodbye.